Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Howdy, friends, and welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm here, I'm thrilled to be here with y'all today. Now, folks, if you're like me, you can't get enough of movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films, but that's why I'm here, to dive deep into every movie and TV show and share my thoughts and insights with all you lovely folks out there. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, because we're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to have a heck of a good time doing it. So grab your biscuits, settle in, and let's get started, shall we, with this review of season three, a.k.a. the final season, the series finale of the one and only Ted Lasso, which came out this year, 2023. The show is created by Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly, Bill Lawrence, and Jason Sudeikis, also starring Jason Sudeikis, Brett Goldstein, Brendan Hunt, uh, Nick Muhammad, Hannah Waddingham, Jeremy Swift, Phil Dunster, and Juno Temple are just some of the amazing people that are part of this amazing cast. Uh, the third and final season of Ted Lasso, Richmond tries to win it all without their coach Nate, who has left them to coach the rival team West Ham. New players, new challenges in this season. Some people step up while others leave. And this season is uh, a, a lot of the season is a season of second chances and redemption, as we saw. Despite the long episodes and some of the stories not really going the way I had hoped, I still love this show. I love the show so much. I cried during the last episode recap. Uh, that came out on Tuesday, and if you're listening to this on the Ted Lasso Recap Podcast feed, then you know what I'm talking about in the last episode. Uh, it's, however, a great end to a great show, and uh, definitely left it open for a spinoff, which I had mentioned during the recap of the final episode, how they did leave it open and would make sense, and I would love it if they do, to bring back so many of these amazing characters and to spin the show off into something new and different, uh, which I'll get to that as I talk about this season, which I absolutely did love. But I am going to get into spoilers. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso season one through three, I'm going to be talking about not only season three, but also the things that season three references, which are from season one, season two, all of that. I'm going to be talking about the entire series of Ted Lasso as a whole. So as I do, I want to let everybody know that I will be spoiling it. So if you don't want to be spoiled of this amazing show, I highly recommend checking out Ted Lasso. You've heard all of the great things about it. If you have an Apple product, you've probably had access to Apple TV. Uh, it is one of the best things on Apple TV. It is one of the many shows that I love, very similar in a lot of ways to Parks and Rec, where it's just very heartwarming, people trying to be good people and do good things, and it has all of that wrapped into this show. So if you're somebody looking for a show that makes you feel good, that makes you happy in a world surrounded by 
insane negativity, uh, this is kind of a, a little safe safe space for you to go and just enjoy the show and enjoy the people in the show. But I will be spoiling it. So talking about this, this season, talking about the series as a whole, um, and also talking about the predictions I had going into this season. Obviously, I've been doing the Ted Lasso recap podcast, which was, I believe, the first recap podcast I ever did and something the first time I've ever finished recapping, ever finished a podcast, did a final podcast. It was kind of emotional, me talking about the final recap of the final episode. But this episode I am putting on, tacking on the end of that podcast feed uh, because, you know, I want to talk about the series as a whole, not just going beat by beat of what happens in the episode specifically, uh, but some of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode, I've probably said throughout the podcast, the the recaps, but regardless of that, let's get into season three of Ted Lasso. Uh, after finishing the series, I started rewatching the entire show, which I plan on doing I, multiple times throughout my life. It is because... It is very much like Parks and Rec, a show that is feel good. I think this is a lot tighter than Parks and Rec. Obviously, there's that show went on for a lot longer, where this one was planned to be three seasons from the start. They had specific arcs that they wanted to, to do and handle within the three seasons. And I think for the most part, they did it really well. I have a few issues. There's definitely some open-ended stuff. Um, and some of my predictions didn't go as I thought, but overall, despite feeling and some the, the last season, a lot of episodes, they're all long episodes. Aside from that, aside from them really trying to pack in as much as they could in the final season. But I think part of that goes to them trying to wrap up a lot of things and to also close the door on a lot of things that were referenced. There are references that Ted Lasso makes throughout the series that are kind of paid off like there is a moment in the first season where ted talks about accidentally eating a candy bar that was made of shit when his mom comes to visit in mom city she's telling the soccer she's telling danny rojas and the other soccer players about this time ted ate a ate dog shit that he thought was a candy bar so you get a lot of the the thing you see why he hates tea because his mom hates it so much right there's so many kind of things answered in the final season and only really pay off if you go through and you've watched these multiple times Right. And especially having recapped all of these episodes and then going back and watching so many things were like, oh, that's where that came from. The final play where Jamie acts as a decoy and passes the ball to Sam to score the winning goal and how Jamie acts in that moment very over the top is exact is exactly the way Ted Lasso told him to perform in the first play that Nathan wrote up for them in the first time Nathan was a coach, right? And to see that being mirrored in the final episode, to see how Ted Lasso celebrates with Richmond after their win the same way he danced with his football team, American football team, uh, when they were first kind of introducing this guy who was coming over to coach uh, 
you know, football for the first time, a sport that he's never coached, a sport that he knows little to nothing about. So I think the final season does a lot to really pay off and make it worthwhile for fans of the show and fans of people and people who like want to go and rewatch and will enjoy rewatching this show. Um, so I immediately started rewatching it, finished it last night. I was, I was prepping for everything, right? So many little things paid off. Uh, Nate's play, the poop, which are just two small examples. The way Jamie acts to draw the coverage in that scene with Ted is, is on point. The barbecue sauce, how he gets the care package in the first season and how that comes back you know, takes him back to his childhood when he's in that restaurant in Amsterdam, when he first gets the epiphany for total football, how that that's the same barbecue sauce. And when he first sees it in this care package, talking to Rebecca about, do you have any taste that brings you back to your childhood? And she looks at the biscuits that, that Ted was making for her, that he nailed in order to kind of get in her good graces when he first started. That barbecue sauce, re, you know, bringing back was great. Uh, Ted referring to Nate as a genius in the first season when ta talking to Trent Krim about this kit man that he's, you know, that drew up these plays. And in the final season, when Nate goes home and he's playing the violin while Rebecca is, you know, talking to all of these owners as if they were children, right? And his dad comes in and says, I didn't know how to 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 raise you you're a genius i didn't know i thought what i had to do is put all this pressure on you and that is so much of what nate has is kind of turned nate into that person that person that he that evil nate that wanted to be successful because he thought that's what his dad wanted it's it just like so many different little things the coach of manchester saying the exact same thing when uh ted shakes the hand of the manchester coach and the coach says the same thing that ted's told trent when they had their when trent was doing the the in-depth interview on ted coaching is not about the wins and losses but making sure that your players are good people on and off the field right all of those things kind of coming back in the final season uh him the tradition he had when his son would come visit him ted and his son building legos and how in the final season at least i thought the final season that the lego stadium that his son henry made uh was a prophecy that nate would be back which he was but he wasn't back as a coach um, i also thought keely would be back i basically thought that what his son had built was going to come to fruition and we w might even see that you know the lego uh version of that as one of the final shots uh, but they didn't win the trophy. Nate didn't come back as a coach specifically, although I would imagine the next season he would have. Keeley didn't come back to work for them, but she's still very much a part of AFC Richmond. Uh, Nate also jumping into the arms of Ted in the f the first time his the play he used worked and was the picture that he gave Ted thanking him for everything. And how when they use that same play at the very end, Nate jumps into Ted's arms again, how that is mirrored. Um, it seemed like there was a lot more needle drops in the earlier seasons, but there's still a lot of great music that's played in the final season. I just think the music they played was 
used better. Instead of being just popular music, it was music that fits with the the space of where they are and like i just think the music was used better integrate integrated better in the show uh so it wasn't as noticeable as the early season but definitely a lot of great music drops in the first season um and even the pillow fight that they go on in amsterdam where the team is trying to decide whether they go to a private party or they go to a sex show and Sam and, you know, Isaac gets up and he's frustrated. He's like, what do we do? And he says something that's probably out of some, like, shit. There's probably another, like, reference that that is in reference to of him spouting off, like, Shakespeare. And Sam writes on a note that gets passed around to Isaac and he agrees. And the next thing you know, they're doing the pedal, pillow fight. The first road trip they went on with Ted, he tells them, you guys, would you guys rather do a movie night or a pillow fight? And they go for the movie night. And he's like, you guys, you guys regret we could have had a great pillow fight. And in that final season, Sam recommends that they do the pillow fight. And they do. And it was a lot of fun. So even that aspect of why they even did a pillow fight was brought up in the very first season with Ted Lasso when they were in Liverpool, which is great. Um, obviously a lot of running jokes in this show as well. Um, the way the show was shot, it seemed like it was more cinematic in the first season. A lot of shallow depth of field, a lot of just the way shots were framed. Uh, it seems like it was different than later seasons. Uh, but still, you know, the later seasons seem more like standard network TV, but still well shot. Um, but definitely I noticed a lot more cinematic in the first season. Also, Nate's fear of aging in the first season, uh, where he's like very, very particular about how he moisturizes his skin. Meanwhile, his hair goes gray. It's completely gray by the end of it. And most of that was in the second season when he becomes evil Nate, right? When he takes Keely and Rebecca's uh, recommendations to be to be more confident and kind of runs with it in the wrong direction. Um, is when he started getting gray hair, and by the end, he's fully gray uh, for somebody that was afraid of aging, uh, which is brought up in the first season. It's also a great show of forgiveness, right? Ted forgiving Rebecca for her hiring him as a way to sabotage the team and also her just sabotaging, getting rid of Jamie, even though she knew he wanted to keep him, right? Sabotaging every step of the way. Also, Ted forgiving Nate, but also finding out the origin story between Beard and Ted and how Beard stole Willis, stole Ted's car, and, you know, Ted made excuses so the cops wouldn't send him back to jail, right? So Ted has had a history of forgiving people. And a lot of this, sh this show is not only forgiveness, but also redemption, second chances, Rebecca redeeming herself, getting a second chance, obviously Nate making everything right. But even Jamie, Jamie in the first season was a horrible person. And by the end of the show, Jamie Tart was a fully, completely different person. Completely different. Roy as well, kind of getting a chance to still be part of the game in other ways. So it's a lot of different themes that are a part of Ted Lasso that are great. It's also a scene of the crowd 
getting scores during the game where they're all getting notifications on their phone in the first season. Um, when Ted realizes the value of a tie, that scene is replicated in the, the end scene uh, where Manchester, the, everybody's getting updates that Manchester just scored. Uh, when Rebecca and Keeley are teaching Nate confidence, Rebecca mentions every time she walks into a room with owners of football clubs that they all look at her like she's a schoolgirl with pigtails. And then in season three, when she goes into the meeting with Akufu and all the other owners, because of Keeley's reminder to remember they're all just little boys, she visualizes them as all little boys and is able to convince them to not go along with the Khufu in starting this new league. So even that comes back in the, in the final season. Nate asking Jade for her number in the, the night when uh, his parents on his parents anniversary and she turns him down immediately because he is doing so in that evil Nate type of a way versus when he goes to ask her out in the third season which we barely see evil Nate in the third season, but he finally realized how to have his own type of confidence. And when he goes in to the restroom to get confidence and instead of spitting like he did spitting in himself, as he did to turn into a evil Nate, the many times that he did in season two, he finally realizes that I'm just going to lean into my strengths of, I'm going to make her a box. And even after that box that he made, that little pop-up box to ask her out when he trips and it gets run over and destroyed in the street, and he just goes up and asks her like himself, she says yes. It's a great moment as well. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Ted loves meeting people's moms, um, and he says that they're an instruction manual, uh, that shows why people are nuts, which when Ted's mom comes into the show in the second to last episode in the final season, we see why Ted is nuts. She has the same way of speaking that Ted does. Uh, she loves telling stories like Ted does. Uh, she's also the reason why Ted like has such a hate for tea because she loves tea. So in many ways, Ted's mom was the instruction manual to see why Ted was so nuts. And also the fact finding out that she pretended to that she was fine after her husband, Ted's dad, committed suicide and how that messed him up constantly spending his whole life pretending everything's OK 
until it finally came to a head in the second season. So even that quote of Ted in the first season of like loving to meet me people's moms, I think it's probably when we finally meet or when we first meet Rebecca's mom. Dr. Sharon was an amazing part of second season, not really in the third season much at all. Couple moments, although there's other characters as well. Um, like even the way season three starts, Ted's talking to her and trying to find out wh who, what team she's working with um, or what sport, and she doesn't really answer. And when she goes back into her bedroom, we see somebody in her bed. I thought that was going to be part of this season. Like we're going to find out what, she, but she's just really not much in it. We see her again at the very end, but um, Dr. Sharon, not a big part of the third season. Uh, the season starts everybody expecting them to come in last place, right? They just got promoted. So, you know, as Jan mentioned that historically, usually teams that get promoted, usually get relegated the next season. Um, Henry's Lego prophecy, like I mentioned, uh, was mostly right, right? They didn't get a trophy, Nate did come back, but only as the assistant kit man, which I would assume was because it's the last game of the season and the next season, especially when they put up the believe sign that was fixed with the gold uh, and he's sitting on top of uh, Roy's shoulders, I think. But it's Roy, Beard, and Nate, I assume, were the three coaches when they were hanging that sign. So I assume Nate became a coach again uh the next season but didn't end as the the coach keely still running her business didn't become part of the team uh didn't go back to work for richmond still working with richmond but as her own independent business um some great storylines ted clearly wanting to go back home this entire season it was like he was so not present for so much of this season and that was part of the and also just his flat demeanor in the very final episode were two things that were noticeable and that I didn't really like. Because Ted has a particular energy, and to see that lacking in this final season was kind of a bummer. Uh, also, Ted's ex with their couples therapist, you know, we see that kind of play out. We find out that that's who she's dating, which is a horrible thing. Um Ted being inspired by the barbecue sauce to come up with total football was a great moment. Uh, Ted getting control of his panic attacks. Finally, there were definitely moments where you heard the, the, the sound effects that they play when he would get his panic attacks and his, I don't think they came up at all, uh, but he was finally able to get control of them in this, this final season. Also, you have the storyline of Roy and Keeley, breaking up at the beginning like one of the few scenes we have with phoebe in this third season uh, is when they get together to tell her that they're no longer going to be going out and then there's the long thing of everybody finding out about it and everybody dumbfounded that he would be the one breaking up with her nobody like even let's just like random employees that work at richmond asking him what he was thinking and you never really see that's another part of the final season that was a bummer that they never really officially get back together. 
there's the scene where they're both at Jamie Tart's mom's house and they're back in his childhood room and he's got the old poster of Roy Kent and behind the door is the poster of Keeley with the balls in front of her tits and Roy tells her that he doesn't want to be friends that he wants to be more than friends and just as she's about to respond to him Jamie comes in and it seems like she was going to say no but then as they leave and Roy was going to give Jamie's mom a hug she pulls him away as if to, you know, out of jealousy or whatever. But they never officially said that they were back. Um, I like to think that they did. I like to think that they did. Maybe she's like, I, I love you too, but I'm not ready to be in a relationship right now. She could have said. But they just, they left it very open-ended. Um, and I wasn't expecting the Jamie to come back. I mean, clearly the dude has changed massively. But I can see her getting back with Roy. Like, they've, they worked so well together. And I'm sure everybody, including myself, you know, was bummed when they... It made no sense. I was in the same shoes as everybody else in the show, which was like, why would you do this? Why, why would you do this? And, of course, we find out about Roy and why he would do that. But one of the moments where they never really, you know, they left it open-ended... Uh, Nate's redemption arc, which I one of one of the big predictions I had for this season, it made the most sense, especially in the show that's all about positivity. So many people hated that Nate became evil, but you had Rebecca was the evil person in the first season, and it was her kind of redemption within the first season. You have Jamie kind of being an asshole who gains kind of redemption and growth over the season, but for Nate to go from like this sweet adorable guy and then getting the opportunity to be a coach and using the 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 confidence in a wrong way and just really going in the wrong direction with all that it just made the most sense that he would come back it would made the most sense the way they did it I didn't like as much I figured Jade there was a moment when he asks her when his supermodel date ditches him at the the taste of Athens and she comes by to to bring the baklava for two. I think that's what it was. And he asks her to sit down and she actually like cracks a smile and she actually seems human in that moment. When that happened in this episode, season three, I thought, oh, she's going to be the catalyst for him. They're going to get together. She does actually like him, but she's only likes the real version of him. And there's going to be a moment where he's going to have to choose between her or Rupert, which happens on the, the guy's night out. And Rupert tries to set him up with another supermodel. But Nate instantly said, no, I, I got actually got stuff to do knowing that he gave up his job in that moment but also wasn't expecting him to go back and work at a restaurant but then her forcing the boss to fire him for to go back wasn't expecting for the team to show up at the restaurant and asking him to go back i thought the way in which he would go back to richmond would be different but i did love the fact that he left the apology note for will with the lavender tape to it because will was the guy he treated like absolute shit that was like the beginning of evil nate um complaining about the lavender complaining about like him referring to his suit as the one that that ted got him um 
just starting to treat people like shit. And he, like, apologized to the players he treated like shit, but never apologized to Will. So seeing that that was the first thing he did was apologize to Will, get all of his work done for the day, snuck in and got all of his work done, left him with that note. I was like, yes, this is the redemption. Um, Love that. I also loved him and Jade. Jade, not at all in the final episode, but she was a great aspect of this. Her reaction with Rupert when Rupert first meets her and he leaves and she's like, oh, he seems very wealthy. And she's very measured with her responses and how she talked about Rupert specifically. Um, I It's the one moment I loved when she got to like that cold Jade <laughs> where she was like, cold to people which so much of this show she's very cold and like very unwelcoming except for with nate at times but her reaction with rupert i thought was great um and nate finding a way to be himself instead of this evil nate to be confident and finding out about his dad and his the way his dad asked his mom out on their first date and how his dad is really into maps but then nate is really into these decorative boxes so he made this decorative box to ask her out but ending up just doing it on his own and also under knowing the pressure that nate grew up with that his dad put him under because he knew his son was a genius and thought that he needed to just put pressure on him to be great but also how that ended up messing messing him up but i love the redemption for nate in this season um i know when i made that prediction early on in season three there were people that were like they hate nate it's like how could you hate nate was so sweet and i think the way they handled it is great you barely saw evil nate um i mean they really went heavy on him and i think that's probably one of the reasons why when they wrote him to come back to richmond that he didn't just go straight to being a coach again that he was the assistant to the kit man, right? I loved it, though. And my prediction, if they do a spinoff, is the in the final episode, Keeley brings Rebecca a proposal for an all-female soccer team, and a perfect spinoff would be Nate being the coach to this female soccer team and you would also have Roy Kent with the men's soccer team. Maybe Coach Beard goes with, with Nate or stays, but they could still have all the characters. You know, th- they would still be in the same building. You'd have interactions with the, the male soccer players and the female soccer players. It would open it wide up. You could even bring the character that was in first season, and I think we only got a glimpse of her in the final season, but it was the the girl that Ted like played soccer with in the park a couple times, like I could see that character being brought back to be on this team, right? You could see little elements from the show easily coming back into a spinoff if they wanted to. You have coach beard and Jane Payne, this on again, off again, seemingly toxic relationship, toxic relationship. Um, very very like unhealthy but like fits the two of them uh how that ends with their marriage in a very clearly green screen stonehenge uh, but still a beautiful kind of end to them and the reason why beard would stay which made complete sense why beard would stay 
uh, in Richmond. Trent, the, the whole narrative of Trent writing the book throughout the season, uh, burying the hatchet with Roy early on, how they were both kind of similar, brash, up-and-comers, just trying to be edgy and offensive. Um, and then also helping uh, Colin navigate coming out. Uh, also him becoming a diamond dog. Trent Krim, a great character, really brought into the fold in a great way in the filing, f final season. Uh, Colin's sexuality, Colin as a character, really getting a lot to do in this final season. Um, not only finally coming out to his team, but specifically the, the issue with him and Isaac, um, him being hurt, and it, which was pretty clear. Like The show could have gone two ways. It was kind of trying to give you the impression that Isaac was homophobic, but I had a feeling, knowing this show, that he was going to be angry that just Colin didn't, wasn't open with him about it. Um, but it's a great, that was a great end to that episode when they kind of are playing FIFA and he's asking him all the questions. Um, also, when Trent found out, saw Colin making out with his partner outside of Sam's restaurant, I was like worried that Trent, because he's a reporter, even though he seems to be a good guy, I was worried that Trent may out Colin. But when they went to Amsterdam and we find out that Trent was gay as well, it was perfect. It was great, you know, kind of helping him navigate things and giving somebody for Colin to go to when he realized that somebody finally found out. Right. Um, and also Colin getting more game time. Like when Zava left and Colin went in to, to do more, um, they realized that he was being underused. So he was great. The whole Zava aspect of that really helped them get kickstarted, right? The beginning of the season, they're having all kinds of problems because Nate is gone and they don't know strategy wise how to do anything. Zava comes in and really kickstarts things, gets them on a winning streak, but also motivates Jamie, gives Jamie a challenge because Jamie's no longer the best player and really forces Jamie to dedicate himself, one, to ask Roy for help, but also to dedicate himself to being the best player again on the team and really kind of setting the trajectory for the team for them to actually you know, do as well as they did. And even him leaving, retiring from the game to go focus on his family and grow avocados, he says the same thing that Rupert says, that like he loves to watch his family, right? That's the entertainment he has. Zava says the same thing, but Zava actually means it. I don't know. Great. Zava was a great character. I enjoyed him. Um, like, a we like a very interesting character where he could have easily been a very annoying guy, which he had moments where he would say things that sounded inspirational, but if you thought of them too little bit too much, they would just kind of fall apart. Um, he was a great kind of balance of like an emo a, a motivating and inspirational like superstar, but also kind of cocky and arrogant at the same time. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than InspireDisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from the many faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. 
But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of the Ray Taylor show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. Thank you for considering InspireDisorder.com for all of your gift needs. And now, back to the show. Uh, you have Keely having her relationship with Jack in this, in this season, which right from the get-go I knew that wasn't going to last. When she brought up red flags, when she made a point of saying, I'm not crazy, are you crazy? When Jack does this whole speech to the everybody that works at Keeley's company, when they're revealing their relationship, I was like, these are so many red flags. Like, Usually if somebody says they're not crazy, or sometimes they say they're crazy, but they say it in a way where they're joking around, usually that means they are. And she said, when she gave her the book, she's like, I wrote the inscription on there because I get really jealous and don't want you to re-gift this to anybody. Like when she says she gets really jealous. Like there were so many red flags that Jack had that it seemed inevitable that something would come up. And when it does in the, the episode with the leaked video, it made perfect sense that that was going to be the, the antithesis. And even when they went to go play golf and she ran, Jack ran into one of her uni buddies and introduced Keely as a friend. It was clear that, you know, she was she's only comfortable telling people in certain situations and already in that moment getting distance. Right. Especially because of probably she knew what the fallout would be with the video getting leaked. Um, Keely's business as well was pretty, pretty great. Didn't realize it was going to be such a big part of it. Her hiring Shandy and th that whole thing. Like, there's aspects of it where, which were fun and Barbara that didn't even need to be there. Like, they could, like, there's things that could have been cut out. Um, because Keely was following Rebecca. One of the first things when, Re when Keely says, tells, first tells Rebecca that she's going to leave Richmond to start her own business, Rebecca gives her a big hug and tells her to always hire your best friends, right? So Keely did. She hired her old best friend, Shandy, and it worked out horribly. Uh, the Barbara character, I kept waiting for Barbara and Keely to bond, but that never really seemed to happen. Uh, in the final season, you have Rebecca finally moving past Rupert, starting off determined to beat him and only focused on beating him, uh, but eventually realizing that she just wants the team to do well. And she doesn't care about Rupert, especially towards the end where, like, just his his own actions were kind of coming back to bite him in the ass. Um, but she also finds her true power. She realizes that she has her power in the scene where she does go to that meeting with Akufu and the other owners. And she visualizes all the other owners as little boys. Right. Great moment. And Rupert's downfall being booed in the same way. One of those mirrored scenes where in the beginning of the show, Ted Lasso was being booed and being called a wanka when he's going to coach. And in the game against West Ham, that is what the crowd was doing to Rupert as he was walking away after pushing his coach to the ground for not, you know, taking out Jamie the way he demanded. Right. A very interesting 
kind of a, a, a villain turn for him. And then you have you have the storyline with Rebecca and the psychic Tish never felt like it fully went anywhere. Right. It definitely comes up. I mean, you notice she gets the the, the her ex boyfriend, the dude she was dating starts going out with this woman who says uh, a shite in knighting armor, which is what the psychic said. There was the green matchbook that was from Sam's restaurant Ola's. Then there was the fact that she was going to become a mom. And then the very end, the last episode, when she, you know, finds she runs into the mystery man at the airport and his daughter is there. Clearly, that means that they got together. But it just felt like such a. It seemed like it was going to be such an important part of the season and really felt like it was just this afterthought in so many episodes. But I do love that she ended up with the mystery man when I thought at the beginning of the season that she was going to get back with Sam because I really did enjoy Rebecca and Sam together. And there seemed like moments like when they were on the road and they're watching the rom-com. She's there watching the rom-com with the team in the episode where Keely and Roy are trying to find out what's wrong with Jamie. And there's that moment where Sam looks back at Rebecca and they catch eyes and they have this smile. And there's also another moment where they meet each other in the hallway and it's very awkward. It seemed like they could get back together, but never happened. But I do love like when she did meet that mystery man in Amsterdam, it was the one time in the show where she truly felt relaxed spending time with him. And even like the way they connected, both singing this song and him not being, you know, intimidated by the fact that she's this amazing singer and they're both belting out the song. It really did. That moment really felt like they were made for each other. And it was clear that he had a daughter. So I was expecting him to see Rebecca in the news or something. But for him to just be a pilot and them to run into each other at the airport was good as well. Um, Sam, one of my favorite characters, his restaurant was kind of a you know, big moment. I was also, if he wasn't going to get with Rebecca, I was expecting him to get with his chef see me um which maybe is hap ha did happen you know in the reality of the show um especially in the the episode when his dad comes to visit and they end everybody the team is there fixing up his restaurant um it really seemed like they they were already family but his restaurant played a fun you know the from the politician with the you know the racism and nationalism and anti-immigrant Im immigrant anti-refugee kind of stance that the politician had um and also the billionaire rivalry with a khufu that came back um both of those things were a lot of fun uh but yeah i i enjoy sam i'm glad he got a little bit to do and would have loved loved to see you know maybe just i mean he got on the national team which was great um his dream of being on the national team in uh nigeria was great i think it was nigeria right uh roy and jamie their friendship blossomed in this season jamie's growth and maturity uh, but also jamie become wanting to become the best player and roy you know they had moments like where jamie was teaching roy how to ride a bike was hilarious 
um, you know, finding out that that uh, his da- his grandpa died before he got a chance to ride a bike, and Jamie being able to teach him, but then also Roy and Keeley really trying to find out what was wrong with Jamie uh, when he was having problems, but that bond with them, and the Uncle Day, one of the only other times we get to see Phoebe, and I think the first time we get to see Roy's sister, which was always the person that was busy at work in previous seasons we finally get to see her um but great that the scene where they find out jamie and roy are best friends and where roy gets a a, a tie-dye which i'm also bummed out that roy didn't change his wardrobe from it seemed like he was changing his wardrobe to tie-dye because at the the end of that episode he shows up with a dark colored tie-dye shirt and like it felt like a compromise that Roy was doing where he's going to start wearing tie dye, but it's still going to be more of that black, the dark colors uh, that he normally wears. But didn't I don't I don't think he wore tie dye from the rest of the season. Uh, we also in this season get Zorro changing his name to Van Damme uh, when inspired by Zava and Zava telling that telling him that his kids were able to name themselves. And then at the end, going back to Zorro, but pronounced Zorro with the mask that Danny got him. Uh, And he was great. Zorro in this season, like the dude blocked the only reason they got to where they were. I mean, obviously the whole team, but his ability to block, he blocked so many goals for the team in this final season. It was great. Also, the fans in this season, obviously the fans, they got a treat on the the one night with Beard where they go on their adventure. I mean, they kind of split away, but then Beard sets them up to go to the stadium after hours to play around. The the fans in this in this season getting to celebrate, but also going to practices when Ted opens up the practices to the public and ending with them being able to own a part of the team was great. Um, also seeing the fans changing personalities when the, ch- the team was changing personalities, when they're all trying to learn total football. Uh, both Sassy. Sassy was in a little bit. Her daughter was only referenced when Rebecca was told by her not to fly in her private jet anymore. Uh, we also only got a small bit of Rebecca's mom in this season. Uh, Phoebe, a great character. The Christmas episode from season two is amazing. One of my favorite episodes of the show. Uh, we got a couple bits of Phoebe in this, you know, when Roy and Keely are breaking up and then at the, the uncle day, um, but not near, it didn't seem like as much as previous seasons seemed like season two. Maybe she was the, the most, and she may not have even been in it as much in the second season. Uh, but we do get to see Roy's sister, which was, I think, a first of the season. Uh, and we got a little bit more of a Khufu, the billionaire, who cries again after not getting his way, <laughs> as most billionaires do, uh, acting childish when they don't get the, what they want. Uh, a lot of funny moments in this final scene. Danny scoring with his face was hilarious. Like, I literally laughed so, like, just the way it's, it's, it's hilarious. The, by far the funniest scene, I think. Uh, and also just Danny's obsession with Zava, like mimicking him. And the episode where we get evil Danny, where everybody's going to play with their international teams and he turns into evil Danny. I thought that was hilarious as well. Danny, one of my favorite play, like characters in general. Uh, but he had a lot of great moments in this in this season. 
the team coming out of the halftime after seeing the, the video of Nate tearing up the sign and the entire team giving Nate the evil eye, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. But them, them turning into one of multiple times where Beard showing the team a video before they go out and play being a bad idea, uh, them going out and being all angry, including like seeing Sam angry, was crazy. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Barbara's love of violence and blood was a lot of fun as well. Like when uh, Isaac kicks the ball through the net and bashes the Rebecca's one-time date uh, in the face, giving him a bloody nose, and Barbara standing up to clap, and even her enjoying the the episode, the game where the team went all crazy. Her love of blood was a lot of fun. Jamie teaching Roy to ride a bike was a lot of fun hilarious scene uh the strings they had tied to each other's dicks when trying to learn total football and jamie checking to see if his dick got torn off was a hilarious moment uh the scene after colin comes out and sam has is given the armband to be team captain and when they all put their hands in and sam like not knowing what to say just telling everybody that I love you all very much and Jamie taking that opportunity for that to be what they count off on. And they all say, one, two, three, I love you all very much was so great. It's like the, the biggest and like the biggest example of what Ted Lasso as a show is that moment where they all count to three and say, I love you all very much. Beautiful moment, perfect moment. And even the way they handled Colin coming out just a show that just is so full of love i I appreciate so much um it's a great feel-good show it made me laugh it made me cry (laughs) i i definitely was holding back tears like roy kent many times uh and i love a show about people who want to do the right thing who want to be good people a show that gives me hope in a world that seems like it's crumbling apart in slow motion uh, but a, a show that also reminds you to be a goldfish and that football is life. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Ray Taylor show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on season three of Ted Lasso, the final season of Ted Lasso. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new movie and TV show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.